two authors today and both have high-flying characters. Welcome, Marie Kurtz. Hello, hello. And Libby Angel. Hello. <laughs> We're going to start with Libby and your high-flying character. Your character, Lita, she doesn't run away to join the circus, but she runs from the circus. And she telephones the RSPCA to report animal cruelty at the circus. The book is called The Trapeze Act, and it starts a couple of years after the runaway. How about just giving us the first paragraph from page one okay it was saturday afternoon in the peak of summer in the driest year for a century in the hottest town in the hottest state in the country the birds panted and did not sing my mother overflowing with child rested her shandy on the hand basin and weighed herself into a cold bath sorry wedged herself into a cold bath my brother Kingston, then two years old, was wreaking havoc elsewhere in the house, pulling curtains down, ripping down, ripping doors off cupboards. Destruction was his vocation. Right, we're going to learn more about Kingston later. But where's the town, this hot, hot, dry, dry town? Mm, I wonder where it could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I was attempting to... Um, well, I think cover it's a, it up, yeah, but well, it's pretty it's, it's, it's a damn obvious to everyone the city else of where it is. That's the right. The city of church is perhaps known for its conservatism. Certainly not the type of town that you'd think an extrovert like Leda would, uh, who's telling, uh, uh, would live. But who's telling the story? Her daughter, Loretta. Now, Loretta's middle name, what's that? Uh, after Marta May. The... Marta May. And who was Marta May? That was her great, 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 great grandmother who was the star of the Rod Circus in the 19th century. and First to do a triple somersault. That's right. The first woman to do a triple somersault to catch to on the catch. flying trapeze. And, but she was also seen to be up there pregnant and caused havoc with the social people down the... That's know, right. Morally outrageous. They did not approve. They did not. So that's kind of like um, uh, Loretta's lineage through her mother's side. But what about a father? Who was the father? The father's a well-to-do criminal barrister and um, from a long line of... Uh, I don't know, aristocrats, free settlers. Free settlers, absolutely. So, of course, you know, they were expecting their son to marry somebody, as long as she wasn't Catholic. That's but, right. Uh, there were so many uh, women out there very keen to marry this good-looking, successful young barrister. But it's Leda who marries That's him. That's right. Uh-huh. So let's get back to Gilbert, you know, he's this barrister. He dealt with people like Mr Gore. Yeah, he seems to like he's quite um, conservative in many ways, and he's a careerist. But he likes to surround himself with 
slightly edgy kind of characters. <laughs> and one knows. of them is Mr Gore, who's a uh, ballistics expert and when has family, quite an extensive collection of guns. Guns, yes, and they sort of do give King, Kingston one to play That's with. That's right, that, yeah. I guess, causes havoc at the family uh, when they're, the family's invited there for dinner. That's but right. just that whole description and the description of Mrs Gore was just wonderful. So let's get back to Kingston. Now, at no, we, at two years old, he was destructive. But from page 149, how did he grow up? (laughs) So I'm going to read it again here. Kingston rushed towards adolescence like a road train with, with brake failure down the freeway hill. The interior walls of the spaceship were plasterboard and the few internal doors slattered. So when he kicked a wall, his foot sailed straight through it and when he railed against the many injustices imposed on him. No television on weeknights, no smoking, no stealing from the corner shop. The rest of us heard him raging into the night, swearing at the moon. Swearing at the moon. Look, he was a vandal, but he was beautiful. That's right. Saving grace. Saving grace. It was... In some people's books, anyway. In um, another quote, his mother said, he was conceived in a cave on the beach. The sea was as beautiful as greenstone, but cold and full of sharks. <laughs> and it really describes him beautifully. Now, Leader, the mother, how did her, uh, how did Leader and Gilbert meet? That's so they meet when she runs away from the circus and just kind of wanders into a pub, and they uh, play a pool game. Together. So she's playing snooker, really, pool, you yeah. know, to get money on yeah. the side. She's challenging people. She's she's run away from the circus wearing a short skirt, tracksuit top, clogs and no undies. No underpants. <laughs> so um, Gilbert meets her that first night and sort of sees that she's part sex pot, part nas- national costume and part clown. She's certainly not your normal mother. And no. here, we are, here we are in conservative... Um, uh, Adelaide. Oh well, it could be Adelaide. But <laughs> <laughs> oh really? <laughs> and, and, you know, the thing that I, I, you know, she she has outlaid outlandish choice of costumes, flamboyant, and, and all the changes of wigs. That's she, right. Yeah. Her and of course the kids don't go to very well-to-do private schools, and her response on uh, open days is just wonderful. <laughs> you know, the the the. the the whole gym area is antiquated, and of course, you know she's come, come from a very physical background. So um, she, her, she's challenged. Well, if you don't like the what they're doing, do something else, and she does. She, she <laughs> proceeds to make her way down the acromat with a yeah, fancy doing. tumble line of tumbling. Yeah. So she she says, well, she's much better at organising a petition for a new sports on, uh, uh, uniform. That's right. Rather than making lamingtons. That's right. So, um, and of course, we have her daughter Loretta, um, narrator. Is at the cusp in life where she's questioning who she is, and she's not like her immediate family. So she looks at her descendants. What does she know about Leader's family? Uh, mostly from the stories um, from that Leader tells. Yeah. So she knows, and her mother's something ugly. of the um, horrors you might say of. Life in a circus. Yeah. The more um, grotesque elements. We sure do get those, don't we? (laughs) The dark side. The dark side. Punch's revenge. That's a story within itself. No time to go into it, but boy, oh boy. 
Uh, but Father Gilbert, he's not interested in his past at all. So it's snooping around that leads Loretta to find something. That's right. She eventually finds some uh, journals and notebooks. I discovered the Hall of Papers, time-worn, uh, shat upon by flies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. So her, she finds out about Ernest. What was Ernest? He or who was Ernest? He, uh, so he was the great-great-great-grandfather who um, was an ivory merchant in England and came to Australia in the hope of finding elephants in the interior. I love this. I love this because, you know, sort of he uh, looked at a map and the cartographer had filled in the void with (laughs) the centre of Australia with pictures of elephants. That's right. So that map actually exists. It's a Portuguese (laughs) map and they... Yeah. Illustrators like to embellish. Yes, well, you know, he married Henrietta because she was a dead shot with a gun. That's right. They were hunters. <laughs> and, and, but her journal was really interesting too. Mm, so she um, writes a shipboard journal. Yeah, um, of the Free Settlers. So that was based on a bit of truth. Yeah, so I've researched some uh, letters and diaries written by women on uh, voyages of immigration voyages. So the father has lovers and oh, incredible problems when the, the lover, the lovers and the mother, the wife meet. That's right. It's, it's a, mm. The mother had an owl that she chose to, to talk to more than basically anybody else in the family. The brother had explosives. That's right. So poor old uh, Loretta was sort of seen at her school that maybe she should speak to the school counsellors. And that that dialogue with the school counsellors, we haven't got time to go into it, but it is just wonderful. She decides, well, do they really want to know the truth? So she she sort of basically tells them about, you know, her family history. Yeah, what she discovers through the the journal. You know, every female in this this line can fly. Well, it's true. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, Then I reread... The yoga, the meditation session. Ah, okay. At the at the beginning, it's at the beginning of the book. Mm. And once you've read the book and you know about all these characters, the yoga session in meditation with her mother's words were just hysterical. There's so many good parts of humour in um, this book by Libby Angel. Ah, oh, fantastic. And uh, well, a bizarre storytelling of a mother and daughter relationship where possibly you envy Loretta and Leda's life just a little. <laughs> now, debut novel. Congratulations, Thank you. Thank you very much. So how did you get it to, to, to text? Uh, I actually um, had I kind of put it away for a long time and I think I may have read some out at a writer's group or something and... People encouraged me to start thinking about getting it published again. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just sort of... So did you use an agent or was it just picked no, up? No, I don't have an agent. Um, so it was picked up? You sort of sent them a bit of a manuscript? Yeah, well, of my friend Marte Murray, who uh, has books published by text. She's yeah. a children, um, young adult Yes, we've author. had her on the program. Yeah. She actually said, oh, I think you should get this published and can I send it to my editor? Right. So did the editor uh, change much? Um she uh a little, not 
not too much. I think um, that's one of the better things about being at text is you're always left with the um, file yourself, so you don't you're not forced to do okay. anything. But um, I didn't certainly didn't make any changes. I was uncomfortable no. with. Oh, look, it reads and like it was that. nothing too drastic either. But your sense of your ability to actually write, sort of step away and write a comic scene, it's it's just brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> I, I could ford my way through this. Actually, one. I remember one of the one of the first drafts, and I thought I'd written this heartfelt tragedy, and people went in hysterics, and I was like, "Oh, actually, it is it is funny, isn't it?" <laughs> it was a nice moment. <laughs> No, I think, I think if you had read it seriously, <clears throat> you'd, you'd, you'd have a lot of problems. That's right. Oh, golly. It's just the – even even the Henrietta who wrote the journals, you know, sort of somebody on board ship wrote, I don't know, you know, she doesn't know how to take me. She, she thinks I'm – you know, what am I? am I? Am I the wife of an explorer? You know, am I a pants wearer? Am I mixing with prostitute person? What am I? So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's every right. generation sort of, you know, questions how they fit in. Yeah, that's it. Now, right, thank you very much, thank you. Libby Thanks, Angel, Jen. about her book, The Trapeze Act, published by Text. Well, as I suggested earlier, the books are about high flyers today, and all parents want their, want their child to be successful. Andy could have been an engineer, a spin doctor, or even a web developer, but wanted to be something else. Marie Coots's She's coming back to 3CR and yes, back to yes, publish Yes, glad to be not. back. Yes. You're not only written but illustrated all about Andy. So you better tell us a little bit about this high-flying character. Okay. Well, just before I do, I want to say I want to see this book as a movie, Libby's book. <laughs> okay, I could just The pictures you've just put together in my head are fabulous. Um, Andy Webb is um, a little spider who lives in the National Gallery and he loves to draw. And he's uh, dedicated to his art, wants to be a famous artist and have an exhibition in the National Gallery when he grows up. Um, his dad thinks he should be a web developer, but <laughs> mum knows he's always been creative and so she's encouraging. And dad's fear is that Andy will never crack colour because no spider has ever worked in colour. Crack colour, yeah. So anyway, Andy embarks on an exploration of the artworks in the gallery and studies you know, Leonardo and Michelangelo and Van Gogh and everybody, all the great masters, tracing the artworks with his web, learning about composition and colour and style and technique and so on as he wanders through the gallery. And eventually, because he's ingenious, he does come up with a, a method of adding colour to his work, which I can't tell you. You'll oh, have to no. read the book. It's the and, climax. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so it's, it's intended to give kids an overview of art history and art appreciation and art practice while uh, meeting a fun little character and also hopefully discovering that whatever skill limitations you have, there's always another way to... Achieve your objective. You know? When you when you open up this book, of course, there's a lot of artworks that I've recognised. You know, anybody, yes. most people, Mona Lisa, of course. Yes. Munch's The Scream and Van Gogh's Starry Night. You know, they're yes. all there. Yes. So, how did you um, how did you get the okay to copy? Okay. Your- well, some of them are in Creative Commons, long gone, like the the Michelangelo's and Leonardo's and so on. They're long available in the public <sighs> space, so that's okay. And then others I've re I've recreated 
artworks in the style of, if you in like. So the Liechtenstein is mine and the Warhol is mine. It's a spider, for goodness sake. It's, yeah. it's, but it's done more in the sort cans. of a, Yeah, more teen can. Exactly. <laughs> Not a soup can. Uh, bug spray. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, ta- I'm taking the, the voice and the approach and sort of bending it a bit, making a joke of it for kids, but also obviously stepping a bit away from the original. And... Um, and then going beyond that into Andy's own style, because in the end Andy does his own exhibition and he creates his own collection of, um, of works. Here I'm going to actually talk back at your mm. illustration. Of course it's radio, I can't show them. Yes. So, but I was just amazed. So you say that you've recreated some of the masterpieces mm. Mm. and then you've drawn the web. You know, you've recreated yeah. the web on top. That's so, right. So, for example, that? with Frida Kahlo portrait, I just did a portrait of Frida. Yeah. You know, there are many everybody will remember. She's always got flowers. She's got the eyebrows. So that's not difficult for me to create a new Frida Kahlo portrait. And then on top of that, Andy Webb will trace his little um, web line and then he's done a little portrait of himself as Frida with hair and eyebrows and so on as well. Yes. So. And, and the, the line on that one is... <laughs> This is Andy the Spider and Frida Kahlo. They were both a little bit hairy and a little bit handsome. <laughs> Which is pretty much the case. <laughs> That's why he was encouraged to have a go at a Kahlo-style self-portrait. So, so, yes, I'm trying to sort of sort of illustrate for them, for children, self-portraits, portraits, <gasps> nature drawing, abstract art, um, realism, um, impressionism. And so just to touch on those different genres for kids so they... And, and actually mention them. And for student, for teachers, I have teacher's notes in the back so they can kind of tease that out. Oh, if well, they I, want to I read further. the teacher's notes. Mm. You know, because here this is a, a, a literature program mm. and I'm used to all the different genres in literature, you know, crime, romance mm. and everything. But they, they talk about all the genres yeah. in art yeah. and it really made me think. And, That's of good. course, what you've done is you've given examples of each one of those genres in the books, which is kind of like a bit of, oh, I wonder if I can find the landscape or the impressionalism or the... Yes. Um, or the surrealism the, or the whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's, it's really very clever. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's hopefully a class in a book for teachers. I've realised in the last couple of years how much they rely on a, on a book, if they can get one, that works in class. And you, um, you've also... It's part of a, a, a Clever Kids... Yes, Yes. Clever Kids is a collaboration between myself and another small independent uh, publishing company called Burbay Books who do beautiful books, a lot of them about Australian history. And um, Burbay Books and I have come together to um, basically consolidate the push towards better children's books for goodness sakes we're just over the dumb stuff that's coming out and you know body noises oh well look if it's not excuse me fart and bum jokes and uncle drivel it's celebrity authors that's just seriously i mean raise the bar come on everything has a place and that has a role but it's it's over celebrated it's over i I like this this is a quote from uh the website of clever kids just as with your child's diet junk food books may be okay as a treat but real intellectual and emotional nourishment comes from quality books and just as with your child's tv intake not everything that is mass marketed is worthwhile yeah Mm, and you know there's a lot of different ways people are getting at children which is good and a lot of them are wordless there's just picture books and there's cartoon books and so on and that's all good it has a place but words you know edward lear lewis carroll i mean Mm. words should be filling the mouths of children. That's what we want to get interesting new words and ideas and concepts in there. It's okay to have the graphic work every now and again or the fun, 
but it seems to be over celebrated and it's 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 you know our literacy rates 38 in the world we are ranked now so it hasn't been working for the last 20 years mm, yeah yep I've been speaking to Marie Coots. Now, as I said, Marie's been back on this program a number of times because I really think she adds to Melbourne as a community centre. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Uh, You've also had an an art book Mm. for adults called The Art of Being Melbourne. Mm -hmm. So that's a collection of um, paintings of Melbourne's urban space from 1835 to today. And it includes every major artist in the Australian pantheon, Australian canon, except Whiteley. Fair enough, he's a Sydney boy. But everybody, Tuckman, Tucker, Blackman, you know, Smart, Lamore, yeah. Sembergs, every major name. Of course the Heidelberg School, of course Heidi, but all the moderns as well. Mm-hmm. Arkley's, um, you know, Melbourne work. It, it's just the most gorgeous collection of paintings of the city itself. It's a great way to look at our I've got to say, self-portrait. I have bought this book. I've oh, actually bought it for, for a, a, quite a few of my friends because I think it just really works as a <clears> gift <throat> from Melbourne. But this is, uh, we're talking today about Andy Webb, but that's not your only children's book, is it? There's a, this is the first in a series of, two, of, a series of um, sorry, um, children's creative careers. So this one's about art, Andy Webb artist. The second one will, will launch in April and that's called Robin Boyd, Architect. It's about a little boy <laughs> who builds very funky nests. Um, and that's a primer on architecture and on the great names of architecture as well. And uh, so that will be fun when that happens. But, yeah, there's other, other books in the kids' range too. And I think the first one I ever spoke to you about was Melbourne, A History of Now, yes. that had 20 mini biographies, which yeah. I just thought were brilliant. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing edition stuff. five of that now, oh, Jan. God. Sorry. <laughs> Um, Maria Coots has a, um, an, a program because you basically self-publish. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So she has a shop down in Clarendon Street, 155 Clarendon Street. Can I Street. say here, here to self-publishers? We get poo-pooed a lot in the industry. It's a bit of a stuffy industry. It's rude. It calls us vanity publishers. Oh. I would never say that to musicians who produce their own music. They would never say that to filmmakers who produce their own films. And they would never say that to fashion designers who produce their own collections. And yet... Writers and, and illustrators who put their own work together and get it out to an audience um, are kind of, you know, frowned upon, which is rubbish, especially in this day and age. Oh, yeah. if That's my little... <laughs> well, she's got a soap box here. She's got a microphone. <laughs> Why not? But, yeah. Oh, well, I want to encourage other people to do it. It's silly. That it's, anyone can do this. Anyone. It's interesting that uh, one of the authors now has, has put in that you don't have to pay to have your book taken in as an entrance to one of the prizes. Now, isn't that terrible? It's very vague, but it is. You know, well, you know, I, I did actually lobby and change that the Premier's Literary Awards will accept self-published books now because I, I jumped up and down a bit and a few other entities like that because it's been verboten, Yeah, you know, strange, but so... I remember sort of when I first started this program, because this program is called Published or Not, mm. um, I, I chatted with a, tra- a guy who had the most popular young adult fiction book called Dirt Tracks, yeah. and it, it was self-published. It's not for everyone, but it's for a lot of people who think they can't get at the, at the industry, then it, it's a good option for them to... You need a lot of resources. You need some skills and wits and marketing and you need to understand how it works, but all of that's learnable. And mm. I just think today with the resources people have at their fingertips that, you know, it 
should be encouraged. Mm -hmm. Well, um, my co-presenter on the program, David McLean, who's not here today, but uh, (coughs) he has self-published most all of his books over a a completely different group of books too. Um, The Riddle series is sort of medieval, Mm -hmm. industrial revolutionary stuff for young young kids with riddles in it. Now, riddles, um, you mentioned Edward Lear, but I don't think they've been popular since... And uh, so there is. But, you know, also, also, we are very, very lucky in Melbourne Mm. that we have so many small. And get growing, of course. Like the wonderful text. Like the wonderful text. Where would we be without text? (laughs) There you go. Yes. Uh, But we have. We've got all of these small. And um, Burbank and others. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I suppose text isn't small, is it, Alice? That's not anymore. No, it's not that small anymore, as she says. Um, but it, we are we're, we're rich. We are really yeah. rich here yeah. in Melbourne. And well, I've been loving my high flying uh, characters today. So we've learned all about Andy Webb. And do you think, Libby, uh, Libby Angel, did, that that your character Loretta, who's the daughter of all this circus line, will run off to join the circus? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't no. think so. No, I think she's more grounded, isn't she? Yeah. She's sort of seen. Yeah. You know, she's had she to enjoy sees it. through the theatre and the makeup. Yeah. I think. And when poor old Leda Leda has a breakdown, oh, um, shouldn't say anything. Shouldn't no. Got to got to let people read it. <laughs> well, sounds fabulous. We get it everywhere, do we? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they well, getting a copy. I love it. it sounds good. Except my local bookshop that's sold out. <laughs> Seems a bit reticent to get more in, but I'm sure they will. <laughs> sounds great. Sounds like, a, as you I can say, always get one amazing. online at text. Ah, I can. Good. You can. Okay, well, that's it for Publisher Not for Today. Thank you very much, Libby Angel, talking about the Trapeze thank Act you. published by Text. And once again, thank you for coming in, Marie Coots. Thanks, Jan. And thanks to 3CR. Oh, and subscribe. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.